Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh and today I am joined by two very special guests, Comfort and Adam. How are you guys doing? Hello, great. Uh, See, here's the thing. So I haven't really, we we didn't talk about this before, but I'm going to guess Comfort and Adam? Is that how Mm. it or is it the other way around? Yeah. Did I did I get him switched? You know, it's hard to say. Honestly, we are one being, so yeah. I guess it would be really interchangeable. On the odd chance that you would happen to encounter one of us without the other, I think we'll respond to either one. That's true, that's true. Although, I am generally referred to as comfort love. Typically. And you are who again? Frequently, uh, I am referred to as Adam, Adam Withers. Word. Just, just Adam. He's like, just Adam. Just Adam. Yeah. Just Adam. That's fine. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> and Adam. <laughs> we had to uh, shorten it down because people couldn't remember the last name, so yeah. it's just Comfort and Adam. And I, I did one uh, like my for old uh, like my senior uh, thing was like, what did you name your nicknames because school? Um, and I was like, uh, it was like Josh, whatever, whatever, and then like, hey, kid, move, because I was like, yeah, nobody else remembers this thing except my grade. We were the last ones with Boy Meets World. Yeah. Everybody else was too young, <laughs> young children. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, the main thing that we're here to talk about is comics, and. Smart. And honestly, you guys, like the way that I first learned about you guys as I rock the table and move the camera, um, the way that I first learned about you guys was through Webtoon with your webcomic, The Uniques. Yes. Oh, so so close to our hearts. It should be. Um, So my main question with The Uniques is, is Scout Tim Drake? Ooh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> Tim Drake is in the DNA, unquestionable. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, we we, as you did, grew up with Tim Drake. The best of the Robins. Robin. Yes, the best, the best Robin, of the Robins, and so sadly, often the most forgotten Robin. He is the forgotten Robin, which is brutally this cruel. This is tears. Yes. Brutally cruel. More people need to know the joy. Let's um, have a moment of silence real quick for uh, Tim Drake's comic run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh out of sadness. <sighs> we laugh because otherwise we'd cry. That's um, true. No, Scout is, is he's definitely our sidekick archetypal character and coming into a comic about superheroes, one of the first things you do is you make a big list of what are all of the things what are all the toys we want to play with? And know? the use of having archetypes is so that you can change things up on the audience yeah. because the audience comes in expecting saying, I know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, but no, you get to do A, B, C, D, or E. Yeah. And that's what gives the surprises because you're playing mm-hmm. with those expectations. Yeah. And, and Scout is the only member of the main team who is such an archetypal character. But what that means for us in the story is, because we know everybody's going to be saying, oh, it's Robin. I get it. Every time Scout does something that's extremely not Robin, he becomes instantly that much more interesting because yeah. it's going so much against what you would expect. Um, so we get, to, we get to both examine what being a sidekick would be like in a more like honest kind of a setting, 
but also we get to really mess with the readers from time to time. And definitely, that's fun to I do. love yeah. messing with the readers. It's fun to do. Uh, yeah, and so so first off, uh, before we uh, we'll talk about the uniques a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But just for some of our audience who may not be familiar with the uniques, may not be familiar with you guys' work, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Ah, yes. Well, we've been making comics full-time since 2009. Mm. Uh, We've done the Uniques, Rainbow in the Dark, uh, Kitty Game. We did a big how-to book called The Complete Complete Guide to Self-Publishing Comics through Random House. It's a big, long name. We didn't choose it. They did. And uh, it is that's the only how, that's, thing that sounds like have. a random house <laughs> <Yeah>. type of <laughs> title. <laughs> that you go was it, back was and it, forth. Was it like, a, was it a big thick book or was it like a coffee table book? Uh, it was a... It's a big book because big book. what we wanted to do, like we uh, not just make comics, but we've been teaching on and off our whole lives. Yeah. Like when we were young, 19 meeting, we were both teaching. Yeah, and so kids art classes. Yeah, kids art classes. We were young. They were younger. And so when I, you know, as we've gone through this career, we've really want, we wanted to, because the book came out in 2015, make something where people could get the whole breadth of how you make comics from- Start to finish. Exactly, start to finish concept to actual like printing and marketing. Because most of the times a how-to book is like, hey, would you like to draw Batman? And you're like, I guess. All right. Yeah. Um, so it was important to us to, to put something down that would help people know. Is so, and, and I'm sure that a lot of people who do how-to books talk about this, but we wanted a one place that had answers to all the questions that we couldn't find answers to mm-hmm. when we were trying to get started. Um, all the good advice that people gave us that we'd never heard before, we wanted that in a book for other people. That's right. Actually, a lot of people on Webtoon contact us and they're like i've read your book <laughs> yeah it was in my library yeah it's pretty it was wild. in bards and noble and they'll be like actual real name people on webtoon and i'm like oh that's so nice yeah. i got to teach you too by book form and we're glad it could have such reach um too it's the only the only thing that we didn't self-publish is the book about self-publishing and it has helped a lot of people go out and strike out on their own and that that makes us really happy that's awesome so, uh, what were you guys uh, like as kids? Like, uh, we'll we'll go we'll go comfort her. Like, what what were you really big into when you were a wee lass running oh, well, around in the fields of Holland, Michigan? Holland, Michigan. Yes, I was born in uh, in the Chicago area, but my family moved around a lot, and we finally settled when I was about six years old in Holland, Michigan. I was a homeschooled child, so that already made me weird. Me and my four siblings. Uh, I grew up for hey, a lot of Hey, here's the thing. You had four siblings in your class. I had nine. So oh, like it oh. was very, we were, we were right there with you. My graduating class, nine kids. So Ooh, I'm right that's, there. That's crazy. Man, you got me beat. Uh, so, and then I uh, grew up too in a uh, uh, seminary housing uh, because my dad was uh, in seminary at the time and a lot of my friends were foreign. So I had friends from South Africa and from Taiwan and from Japan and just all over the place. So the breadth uh, of that experience, I think, comes into my storytelling and I got into nerdy things along with all of my other friends that included comics or like watching the uh, X-Men cartoon in the 90s, which really made me be like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my days. 
favorite favorite x-men from those uh, from those early days. oh rogue uh, rogue i was yeah. gonna be like jubilee the best, I mean, Jubilee. The best, the best X Men. Who's like, <laughs> like? I love how inconsequential Jubilee's powers are. It makes her even more of a great character. My favorite X Men comic, though, of all time, the starring character I would probably say was Jubilee because it was Generation X. Best for me, X Men comic of all time. I, I don't know. I was I was gonna try. But I was like, uh, Jubilee was in the the second X Men movie, so she was. She was there. She was definitely she, there. She for was there. She did moment. absolutely nothing, but she yep. was there. But you know what? You knew it was her, and you were like, oh, "Yay!" Exactly. You were like, "She she wearing a yellow coat? That's Jubilee!" <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you see those earrings? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so big into comics, like what else were, well, like what else were you like super uh, big into? Oh, animation. Uh, I originally wanted to be, as many did in our generation, a Disney animator. Like I remember drawing 10,001 pictures of like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Jasmine and stuff like that. Uh, I think comics for me became more of a thing of what I wanted to do because I wanted to tell my own stories and I felt like animation is awesome, but I was going to be a cog in the system rather than getting to choose what I wanted to say. And so comics yeah. are sort of like the poor man's version of animation. You're also quite the karate girl. I am quite the karate girl. I was a black belt in karate and I uh, was first in the state of Michigan for several years in a row. And I taught karate from... 13 to 19, I think. So I transitioned from teaching kids karate into art. And so I've always been a very loud art teacher and people don't know <laughs> what to do with it because I get used to just yelling at my students. She insists that they the call her sensei. I, I mean, anybody, like whenever you're, the, you're in the super, like you're in line at Target, be like, call me sensei. Like, do yeah. not call me ma'am, it's sensei. Yeah. Although um, with the name Comfort Love, I always get like, oh, it's comfort love Everybody and i'm remembers. like i don't remember your name i'm so sorry uh well it, it's funny you mentioned that because like i'm just thinking like the last few episodes that we've had we've had people that are into martial arts like we had we had adam MacArthur on like a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. jesse enocalia um we're having jonathan mawberry on uh who did rotten ruin and a bunch of other you know like horror type things and he's like a in the martial arts hall of fame and i'm like <laughs> okay like that's crazy like, i like it was like i went from martial arts hall of fame to gonna go ahead and write a young adult horror genre yep. so um which is like okay yeah, sure, why not? so anybody it's, else it's, that it's if really you got crazy. a martial arts degree just holler we'll we'll bring you on i'll just quick say my one uh big claim to fame or just for one of my students so if you know uh the twilight movies and uh the young man that played the werewolf was one of my students when he taylor lautner yeah. Like, like like shark boy and lava girl uh-huh. Lady Taylor Lautner. that's bad that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome yep Oh man, can you get you like Shark Boy and Lava Girl like swag? Oh man, still? like I remember. I, when we I, at the I have not seen that kid for a long time, but I remember being like watching the movie and being like, "Wait, 
<laughs> Put your shirt back on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Put it back on. You're he little. was a very cute little boy and he was super tenacious. So like him doing that, I was like, of course. That's awesome. Oh man. And what about you, Adam? I mean, it's uh, gonna it's gonna be hard to follow up, you know. I, I trained Taylor Lautner. <laughs> I know. I I was a I was a really uh boring and shy little kid. Uh I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Uh the sunniest most wonderful place in all of america uh where yeah i hear nothing yeah. but good things about it nothing but good always, always sunshine and rainbows there have been flint. so many documentaries about what a lovely place flint is to live and you know they're all true they're all true um yeah so i i mostly grew up hanging out on my own in my room drawing you comics did some very epic tales with your like action figures like Adam would get a bunch of action figures that's true and he would do like these very dramatic storytelling I was a hard kid to play with because like the story was really important to me uh also uh I wanted to take very good care of my things so if you want to like ramp stuff off of a ledge and see what happens when (laughs) it hits the floor we're not hanging out because I don't want to get my stuff right. right. And I was very fastidious with the toys well, that he bought at the garage sale. We had very, we had very right. little, so it was we, more important We to both me. grew up not very well off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just, in lieu of a more interesting outer world to spend time in, I created a very rich and uh, expansive inner world in which I could play. Um, so I, you... I made a lot of my own trading card sets. Sure. Uh, I was just drawing all the time, all the, all the, all the time. I was six years old when I decided I wanted to make comics for the rest of my life. Dang. And that's yes. pretty much what I did. Uh, my best friend Todd and I would send each other mail back and forth because we were like seven years old and getting mail is the coolest thing in the world when you're seven. Like, I'm sorry, mom and dad, but that one's for me. Um, so we would send mail back and forth that would just be like pages of a comic. We send each other the next page back and forth and make these big long stories together. Uh, I was I was always writing things, drawing things. Also, reading. you were acting and singing. I and did. You are very good at those things. So yeah. good that when I first met Adam and I met Adam's friends, they were like, okay, so what do you do? And I was like, I draw and I'm gonna make comics someday. And they're like, that's great. But what do you do? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. And what they meant was, do you sing? Do you dance? do you do acting and i said no i don't i've learned to sing since then but and she I absolutely know. dances uh with butt wiggles i'm not sure how much that counts but dancing's all about butts now you're okay. on top of the That's game true. yeah like 99 percent of all uh TikToks are about dancing butts so i mean yeah. like you're basically there golden. that's true you're sitting you're sitting on like social media gold right now literally sitting on it <sighs> I was going to make the joke, but I didn't feel it was appropriate for me. So I was like, you got it. I was like, done. So what were you uh, into as a kid? So, you know, very active imagination, which I can definitely relate. Um, I was into, I was into comics and music. um, Adam, sci-fi and fantasy. Loved DC comics. DC was my jam. The best Um, comics. Yeah. I, uh, I would, ride my bike to, we had a golf course that wasn't too far away. And I would ride my bike to the golf course and I would go 
from hole to hole to all of the different uh, wastebaskets and collect the cans and bottles because in Michigan, we get 10 cents on every bottle return. So I would then take this garbage bag full of cans the other way down the road to the corner store where I would get all of them exchanged for cash and then I would ride all the way the other direction and spend it all at the comic shop. Well, half of the comic shop and half I'd take to the bowling alley to spend on Street Fighter. That's I, too. I blew a tremendous amount of money on Street Fighter 2 only to never, ever, ever get any good at it. Oh, we ended up breaking the Galaga machine at, oh. uh, at our bowling alley where we basically, I don't know how he did it, but one of my friends like put a coin in there but then like lodged something so where like the mechanism was just like stuck on all the time. And so we would just go over and we would just have unlimited plays of Galaga. <laughs> and we just never told anybody. Awesome. And they ne and like, it was one of those ones where like there was the pool tables on the other end and then some other arcade stuff. And then Galaga was way on the corner. Hmm. And so like so nobody went to go DL, play Galaga. We just... And so we were just like, just, you know, winning at Galaga all the time. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like we spent a lot of time in that bowling alley. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, you know, arcade. small towns. Really, there's, there's like bowling yes. alley, and that's basically it. Yeah, it's the, it was the only well, gathering place close. once upon a time. Yeah, we we had an arcade at the mall, but you had to go a long way out to get right. there, and so that was that was that a was trip. a special trip so that you could buy or you know both. In separate places, yeah. we could buy like our anime at Suncoast Video and pay like, you know, $40 for, for this one three episodes. <laughs> oh my God, we are dating ourselves so hard. Oh, right it's now. a different <laughs> time. I remember I got my first, like, for one of my birthdays, I got a $50 gift card to Suncoast. And it was like, <gasps> I don't even know what Suncoast is. And mm -hmm. so we went to the, this mall that's not even in our town. It was like four mm -hmm. towns over. We had to go to find a Suncoast and went in and it was like, oh my gosh, look at all this, all these movies. And then on the back wall, there's all the anime. Yeah. And, and you're like, just like, oh, I'm going to spend every single one of these on Dean Angel, the complete series. <laughs> and you're like, are you sure about that? And you're like, yeah. I've never heard of it before, but I'm but gonna I buy think it. And I trust that cover art. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. It's still there. Nice. Um, yeah, like I like the, those are like those are the best. What was what was your arcade called? Oh God, I, Aladdin's Palace. I think it was called. I had one. Of Aladdin's those. Castle, maybe. And I think. It, do you think it was a Michigan thing? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Might have oh, been a... We yeah. had Tilt. Tilt! They just called Tilt. Nice. <laughs> like, Classic. Boring. Just like, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you do with this? Like, cheat. That's the name of this arcade. <laughs> cheat the arcade. <laughs> um, Maybe they uh, had so, an original name, but somebody was shaking the building too hard. Probably. They're like, oh. <laughs> um, what, how, so how'd you guys meet? I mean, both in Michigan, so that's a plus. Both in Michigan. It made we, it went... we could have met earlier because I was also in karate for a number of years, but I never went to competition. FYI, probably all these people who did karate either watched, you know, if you're a certain age, you watch Karate Kid. If you were our or age, you watched Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Or if and you if were a little, little younger, younger than us, it was Power Rangers. Power Rangers, yeah. Those yeah. three created a karate so craze karate during the craze, 90s. Yeah. So, so real quick, now that we're talking about like, let's, oh, yeah. let's, let's stay on this fun topic. Sure. Um, so 
Ninja Turtles for you guys. Yeah, yeah that, that got you Absolutely. guys. Um, so Karate Kid, who's the villain in Karate Kid? You know what? Um, I have seen some very compelling cases made right? that Daniel was the bad guy. Exactly. Like if you like, look at everything from the outside, he's kind of picking every fight. Exactly. And he's kind of being an asshole. Every this time. kid from Jersey just shows up in this town. Yeah. He starts running his mouth. Yeah. Trying to steal Elizabeth's shoe. Like yeah. what? What's what are they supposed to do? I don't know. It's it's one of those difficult things where in later eyes you look back at it and you're like, oh my god, that's just not it's the way true. we behave, is it? There's a lot of but, '80s movies that you look back at as an adult, and, and it's not like, just this '80s is movies. Not what just I thought sort of it was. beforehand, like even just like what you were supposed to yeah. do as a guy. I feel like a lot of men suffer from, especially the older they are, they suffer from um, more and more amounts of PTSD just from being a boy. Just from surviving life <laughs> as a man, surviving male culture. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like try and like watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High again. It's like, that's that was high school. Like, that's what they want you to think high school was like. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. No, well, and and the movies. They if anything, about... I was Judge Reinhold in that because I just worked the entire time. Like that's what yeah. I like. Sixteen, yeah. I got a job because I was like, I want to buy an <laughs> Xbox 360, and <laughs> that is what I spent my first job on. And then like I got enough for it, and I was like, I'm gonna quit, and I stayed there for three years. Oh, man, because having money was great. I got it to work great. at the uh, Renaissance Festival when I was a teenager, and that was about the coolest job you can possibly imagine what did you do with the uh, ren fair what did i do okay so and it was even better because i worked games for a guy who subcontracted through the fair so i wasn't working for the fair itself i was working for a contractor so all i had to do was make money for this guy and i was golden um and the game that i got to run was a guillotine game where you put a fake head in a basket and dropped the guillotine and the blade launched the head into the air. And if it landed on one of the baskets out on the ground, then you'd win a prize. The game sells itself. Everybody wants what? to play that. So I, I want to play that. What, what? Yeah. They didn't have it this at the Norman awesome. Ren Fair. I'm telling it was you, like, you can get a, you can ride a, a camel or you can watch the jousts or you can eat a turkey on a stick. And like, love, that was love, the Norman Ren Fair. <laughs> that's a great authentic, like medieval British voice. Uh, you can ride a camel. Uh, you can eat this meat off a stick. Welcome to ye olden times. Well, there was there wasn't. There's not a lot of that. There, like, it was weird because because it's Oklahoma, um, and like there there were kids from like OU that would come and they were like, "Verily, Mister and Mrs. Owls, we will have you." And like they would do stuff. Because like they would get like you know credit and stuff for doing the Ren Fair, sure, but like yeah. everybody else was like, yeah, what do you want? Cotton candy, guys, <laughs> cotton candy, kid. You, you, know, like, you got thank you. college improv kids and carnies and like nothing in between. Yeah. Uh, no, I was I was definitely on the improv kid side. I was full. I did full Scottish. I was crazy. I like, think though full our Renaissance festival over the here, time. they're very dedicated like the it. whole yeah. thing it was a great time and everything i made was cash under the table and as a teenage boy getting that kind of cash under the table was awesome i was Magical. taking in hundreds of dollars every weekend tax-free it was beautiful Shh, 
Well, what are they going to say now? I'm pretty sure there's a statute of limitations. Yeah, sta- t- st- yeah. statute of limitations. Statute of stimitations is, like, is definitely in fact. Yeah, no. Um, was, plus, it was like the it was you know medieval, so I mean like yeah, that's right? like it's true. What are they going to do? They knew if they, really they, knew if they went too that. hardcore coming at you for taxes, then a Robin Hood would show up and the mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, burned. you don't you don't want to get on you know like uh, like Charlemagne's bad side or anything <laughs> like that. Like no, he's no. you pay what is Charlemagne to Charlemagne. Yeah, and that's basically it. Um, so so working at the Ren fair so what was so how so how did you guys meet uh other oh, yes. than we other met than, in college. yeah it was it was a weird question we went from how'd you guys meet to like i was playing a guillotine game you know we wander off um no we met in college uh we both went to art school the we kendall to, college of art and design that's right in grand rapids michigan where we still live today and I was at the table working on a Sandman piece. If anybody knows Sandman comics, I'm sure it'll, more people will know soon because they're going to make a TV show. Out yeah, they've got a TV show going. Uh, there was a group of friends who would get together uh, at, during the lunch period in the common area of the school. Uh, and it wasn't, this is not a big school. Uh, it was like one building at the time that we went there. Uh, super small private school. Um, so there, there were not a lot of people around. And uh, there was, but there was a common area where they'd have these big tables and a group of friends would get together. And um, I got pulled in because I had class with a couple people in the group. And, and it they was wanted a big, me to come hang large out. group of people. It got very big. boisterous. It was, like, it was very like Knights of the Round. There were like 13 of us. And we would all like lay our art into the center to be judged by everybody else in the group. So I'm working on this 3D, you know, picture, like all cut paper. Yeah, stuff it, was, it was cut uh, construction paper. And then it was layered up like a topographical map so that it was the faces. But when you turn it, it had like depth to it. Yeah, it was crazy fancy. cool. And I, having just read Sandman for the first time and wanting to look very cool, like I knew what the hip thing was to talk about, uh, just casually commenting, oh, hey, who did the Sandman? And I said, I did. And that was it for me. I was done. And also, I think it is. And you were like, Mary. <laughs> it's like, we're together Perfect. now. Let's you should mention. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a weirder time because now we're in this situation where so many of the people making comics are women and yeah. girls. And when we were young, it was completely opposite. So, mm-hmm. me being somebody who wanted to make comics was so weird and out of well, the ordinary the thing is it wasn't weird or out of the ordinary it's just that women female fans and aspiring female right creators, we didn't know about it they didn't other. feel comfortable enough being open about it yet so there were a lot of female readers and a lot of women who wanted right. to make comics but they kept to themselves they didn't feel like they could talk about it so when you found one it who was, actually was talking about it and very open about yeah, it and it was knew surprising. all the things. It was amazing to, to have meet somebody that I could talk about literally anything with. We had such like, there there was differences, but very similar childhoods and similar things oh, yeah. that connected us growing up. So when we got together um, and, and moved in together and combined our collections, we had cases and cases full of duplicate comics and cds and movies and things because we had so much the same taste before we even met so we had this huge party where we were just giving away all of our extras to friends and things Um, see that's smart that's fun yeah 
God, we just had, we, we clicked on an intrinsic we level. We and did. And our art was very similar because we liked all the same artists. Uh, we, we read all the same books and we were both heading the same direction in parallel before we met. So once we did meet and in an art yes. school where it's an environment that encourages you to always be working together and, and critiquing and encouraging and helping each other, you know, she taught me how mm. to paint and use color and I helped her with drawing and exactly. we just got closer and closer and more and more unified. This is how we became one we person rather than two. Yeah, I mean, we were You 19. can't tell, but we are connected. We can't get apart. I mean, yeah, yeah. the it's camera doesn't go there, but like, you could be like yeah. this cool like centaur looking thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. Practically, You'd be surprised. practically are. You know, we, we figured out how to be ourselves by being together. Because we, we were 19 when we met. Yeah, we became adults together um, and, and defined ourselves through our relationship. We are the healthiest possible definition of absolute codependence. Uh, but it works for us. It works really well. Um, yep. You know, we were able to make a career out of it. We started uh, doing freelance work professionally while we were still college students. Because uh, if you're going to make any mistakes, do it in an environment where you don't have to succeed to pay rent. Um, and we found that it was a lot easier to make deadlines if it's two people working on a project instead of just one. Um, and, and it was so natural for us. We'd spent so much time working together anyway, that working on the same project together was surprisingly easy to do. So we just kept doing it and got deeper and deeper into how much we can work as a single unit uh, until all the lines between her stuff and my stuff, her style and my style have blurred to the point where there's really no point in a distinction. I would also just say it's working smarter, not harder. Well, there's that too, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go into the uniques. So okay. what brought about uh, the idea for the uniques? Ooh, all right. So I had the idea for the uniques when uh, I was growing up and Adam had an idea for yeah. a story called well, Everybody. I think everybody who reads comics creates a comic in their head. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's one of the only fields that does that. And not everybody who listens to music as a kid is like, I'm going to be a musician. You know, not everybody who watches movies makes their own movies, but you give a kid a comic and that kid's going to start making comics almost every time. Some of us are just more serious about it or <laughs> tenacious or crazy. committed or yeah crazy sure that might yeah. committed crazy in a could be professional the word yeah mm -hmm. um so yeah the the uniques was her story from when she was right young. but i think when we started getting together and we started telling each other our stories those stories slowly started merging into, into one, one thing exactly yeah. and because you know any story that you create as a child you're like you go back and you're like oh what was i thinking back then <laughs> yeah all There's of a lot the of star wars fan fiction i wrote i oh my God, see yeah. that every day and i'm like <laughs> Oh Lord, why? Oh boy. And there's, and there's That's so much there there's so much self-insert and you put your friends and family into it and that it just doesn't it doesn't work. It's not like we are not the best storytellers at 12 years old. Uh, so going through college and just out of college and sort of slowly rewriting things, that's when we realized both stories were similar enough well, as many of our things they were. were Initially, it was a sad thing, right? Uh, because we had decided to do uniques first because they're both uh, sort of teen superhero dramas, at least initially. Uh, and we thought, well, uniques is the easier sell. 
it's more lighthearted. It's more upbeat. It's it's more traditional. Adam kinda, was in, in a darker sense. place when he was writing this. I was I was a sad <laughs> kid. What are you gonna do? Um, it was I fun. was, you know, yeah, <laughs> all That's that all sunshine and happiness. <laughs> I had to rebel. Um, so initially, there was I remember there was a sad realization I had when when I was like, you know, doing uniques. We're not going to be able to do masks, which was which was my story, because everybody's going to think, oh, well, you're just doing uniques again, but it's sad. Uh, so the answer was that I that that was that would have been me. I would be like, no, it's just yeah. a sad version of uniques. It's just the same <laughs> thing. And I get it. But our answer then was, okay, well, let's take the best parts and bring them together. Let's let's combine these things into one whole. And we had been working on each other's stories for a long time. Right. It was one of the first we things we were going to co-write both section or er, stories anyways. Yeah. And we're like, eh. let's just make it one. Let's just make one, make it one. perfect story and that has all the best parts. It's going to take so long to make anyways, because Uniques is an epic tale. It goes from 1996 when the story starts. This is in universe time to 2030. Yeah, and we're taking the characters from their teen years into their 50s. We want to see the entire breadth of their careers. Okay. We're um, doing a superhero story about the third and final act of About the world. growth and change, you know, characters becoming something instead of just staying something. Uh, and to do that takes time. And so we would have the ability to really examine all of these things. And, and by bringing the stories together, I think that we reached the perfect form of the story we Sorry. wanted to tell and and it makes it the story that both of us had been trying to tell in some way for most of our lives nice so uh so so you're mixing the two comics together mm -hmm. um how much of uh of it is like what you guys originally um had planned Envision. for both mass and uniques and then how much of that has evolved to where the comic Ha is as of now, as of the first mm. season being released? I would say really what is there from the early stages is maybe 20, 30% at best. Yeah, that's and not bad at all. 70, yeah. Yeah. 70% is, you know, totally reworked, well, brand new stuff. The original uh, pitch for Uniques that you had when we were first meeting, mm -hmm. you were going to start with them as adults. Correct. And all of the stuff from their teenage years was going to be sort of flashbacks that would get mm -hmm. revealed over time. Yep. And I had a similar uh, setup for masks and we were like, it is amazing that completely independently of knowing each other, we came up with such similar Are pitches. we one being? Um, but I, I remember telling you at the time, I was like, see, the teenage story is too important. Yeah. So many meaningful things happen to them when they're kids. We need to see that in order to fully appreciate understand. what how they right. got to where they are. Right. That's not flashback material. Like that's your opening story. So right from the start, we were taking a hard swerve. As soon as she let me get my stupid mouth open, she was taking <laughs> a hard swerve away from where she. But had that's fine started. because it's about the best story, not about getting your way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is, it's the hard thing to commit yourself to as a creator, um, is that, that total collaboration, you know, the total cooperative mode of always seeking a third option between the two of us. But it is the thing I think that makes our work what it is, that, that makes it more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, especially with, um, you know, the, the way that, you know, people grow just in general, 
Um, because yeah, I mean, half the stuff that I mean, heck, when I started this podcast, there were two of us. So I mean, look, look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's all gone. Um, but yeah, Another like step on the journey of life. Yeah, just we lose the ones that we start things with. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's just really cool that you even even like twenty thirty percent of like what you guys started off with, like you've kept. Um, yes how does how does like a a normal like session uh or like writing session for like planning session for the uniques go well all the stories are generally worked out on the trail in the back of our house or in the various places we've lived we try and live we take a lot of walks (laughs) a lot of walks every day at tends to have at least one walk it's a very sedentary (laughs) job if you're not careful you can be just sitting in one place at your desk for 10 hours a day uh so we we find a lot of reasons to get out of the house and just go walking stretch our legs get some fresh air on a walk it's not often times uh occurrence where i'll say adam so i was thinking yeah i was thinking (laughs) it's how she always starts we're just walking oh yeah nice day so I was thinking, like that's her that's her starting gambit, and I know, okay, story time, here we go. Uh, and we just talk, we just shoot ideas back and forth. That's that's how we that's how we begin the process right. all but, the time. And so a lot of like sometimes I had a random idea for this, I had a random idea for that, and you kind of figure out where it goes, but then there are other times where you're like, okay, I've got to figure out now the particulars, not just the general idea, but the particulars of say season four or season five. Like right now, we're trying to get down to the nitty gritty of season five as we're talking. We think of the uniques very much like a a television show uh, in seasons and season arcs. Right. Uh, Season season one has been completed. Season two uh, launches. Right. So if you go on to Webtoon right now, season one is complete and it's all there. And season two, I think when this releases will just be have begun. just starting. Yeah. Um, but we have 10 seasons planned. So we are thinking way down the line the whole time. So that gives us a lot of material to go over. And it also means that anytime that we're like stuck on something or having a hard time dealing with something, mm-hmm. we can just talk about a different thing for a while right. and let uh, ourselves We've got rest, a magical mom story. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, that we're trying to sort of too. figure out. So we're like, you know what? I'm done with uniques right now for the time being. Let's put a pause on to, that. We now we're going to go talk about this. Or we'll story. just take we're a break on season four stuff. Like, let's talk about season six instead because there's more open space over there and we need some time to rest. Uh, eventually, when we are solid enough on ideas, we start, we have a, a wall where we put together the story like ideas. storyboard it yeah yeah um, we have a, a big cork board that's gridded out by issue number and plot line and we will put down on post-its the different story beats and line them out so like for this for for quake's plot line this season he goes through this in the first issue this in the fourth issue this and the and we got this whole grid of story beats laid out so we can see how's it work issue to issue and instantly visually you can tell like oh this issue has way too many post-its Actually, that's going to be too there much there is a picture if you want to get it in uh the uh story structure because every month on patreon people choose you know what we teach them and so last week or last month's was story structure there it is so we can actually share it's at the bottom. There it is. There it is. 
We can share our screens because technology. It's amazing. There it is. Oh boy. That's our corkboard, strategically uh, censored for. I was about to say, like, it should, uh, like I'm glad you <laughs> censored some of it because I'm like, I'm gonna have to go in on the back end and censor some yeah, of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. So um, we knew. We we have. <laughs> We can tell, like this is, and this is an early shot of this. So a lot of these have been rearranged. Some of these have been completely changed. Even you names at, have been changed. You look at issue fourteen, and you can immediately see that is a chock full issue. There is probably that's like a, that's like a penultimate episode right there. That is like, too much. So much stuff in there. You've got to spread <laughs> this out, and then you can see others where like there's a lot of wide open space. You look at a storyline and like, okay, this character's storyline goes kind of dormant in 12 and 13. Is that okay? Is it okay that we wrap this at 16 and then have nothing else? You know, it's all about pacing. And for me, for us, but me especially, frankly, uh, I'm a very visual person and it helps me a lot to be able to look at it and see how the season is shaping out so that we can make these kinds of decisions about what gets cut, what gets added, mm-hmm. what gets moved around. All right, we can take this down now. My favorite plot line is this one over here. Like if, can you guys see my mouse? I see your mouse. Yeah, th- this one over here at the bottom that's like not even on the board. That's my favorite <laughs> plot line right there. That's like, that's like we could insert this anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, yep. that was one that was... Uh, <laughs> That's one that was originally planned and then got taken out for space reasons, but it's like, we don't want to forget that. We do want to do that, but we might not have space this season to do it. Right. So And two, this is such a work in progress because everything yeah. did get moved out. It a did lot get of stuff gets out. shuffled. This is, the point is with any story is until it's out there for print or being released online, it's always constantly in motion. Yeah, I was going to ask you like how much of, uh, you know, what you guys have you know, say you've d- you've done in season two, th- uh, that you end up changing or thinking, okay, if we do this in season two, then we have to change something in season four and move it to season five or move it to season three. Does that yeah. happen quite often? It yep. happens with some frequency. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have the ability. You know, a, a lot of this, like we said, is about these characters growing up. And a, a plot line or a beat or an idea you had for them at 16 might just not work anymore by the time they're 24. Yeah. So sometimes they just age out of being able to do the thing and great ideas get left on the cutting room floor all the time, unfortunately it happens. Uh, but it's about finding a balance, I think, between yeah. how much you plan and how much room you leave to adjust that plan as you're building Well, I think it's about you being flexible as the creator. I, I think sometimes we do all this work and then we get a little bit too precious about what we have. But then on the flip side of it, it's also understanding when you do need to stop and you need to focus on this story and be okay with How things. much we need to figure out. Right, but um, I would- you, you don't want, my favorite kinds of stories mm-hmm. are the ones where you get to the end and you finish. And then when you reread it, you can see how they were setting up that ending the whole time. And right. you didn't know because you didn't see where it was going, but now that you, everything's there. And the only way to build that kind of a story is with some intense planning. You have to know where yes. you're trying to get to. I was going to say that planning is the key. It's the and key. again, being flexible because sure. you can come up with another idea, but then you have to recheck it against yeah. your other stuff and say, does it still work? And if it doesn't work, that's just be too to bad. Change. You can't be you can't be a slave to your plan. 
Sure. But at the same time, you can't create the kind of you can't. deep interwoven <laughs> stories that yeah. we like to tell without having a plan. Yes. Yeah. I, I will say, I do like that you guys have planned all the way out, like so far to like season five. Like, yeah. oh, we that know is... what happens in season 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you always know, like, beginning the, to end, like, where we're going to get. Yeah. Is happening in season five already. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting um, specific. Has there has there been a uh, like a character arc or, or some sort of story element that you've had and you're like we're really good on this one and then it's just completely changed? Like has there been like a, some sort of like character development or anything where yeah like say for for Quake we want Quake to do this but we think later on it'll be cooler for him to do this so we're just going to tr- you know we know oh yeah actually all of honestly. This. And you happen to drop Quake, but yeah, Quake has gone through a pretty massive shift uh, just earlier this year as we were talking about his future stories and a really significant development we were going to use for him, we wound up stripping out because it worked with our original concept of what the book was going to do, but we've gone through so many changes from then to now that it doesn't really fit anymore. It doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, we could shoehorn it in, but it's not a natural well, fit, and yeah. it could create That's the problems. thing about constant reevaluation. Yeah. Does it still work? Yep. Does it work with the other things? And being Are we able- keeping it because it's the best story, or are we keeping it because it's always been there? We always talk about artifacts in stories, and you know what is actually part of the story, and what's just an artifact from before. Just a leftover of an early yep. version of that story. And when it's an artifact, when you're able to pinpoint those things and say, no, this doesn't work, that's how you really know when things have to be cut or when things have to be changed. One of the ways you know. Or one of, <laughs> not the only but there are many ways to make sure yeah. that you can keep your story moving and flowing uh, in a understandable way to the yeah. audience. And that in part comes from you being able to cut out your chat. Well, I, I think that as a writer, as a creator, cutting stuff is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. So we have concocted a lot of different rules and guidelines <laughs> and suggestions to help us know when cutting becomes necessary because it's just not your instinct as a creator to take stuff out. Right. There's so many more things you always want to add and always want to do, so many more yeah. things you want to say, so much more time you want to spend with these characters. So true. Taking stuff away is like, oh, you reverse the entire process and it doesn't make sense. It hurts, it hurts, because you love all these things you're coming right. up with. I mean, definitely, like, and like not even anywhere close to what you guys do with you know comics and everything or storytelling but like with a podcast like i want to continue talking i'm i like three hour long chats (laughs) because those are fun to me sure but they don't do well so we have to cut things and like right now we have to stop this short and then we go into unique season one um Uh and kind of let's let's spoilers here on out for unique sure. season one um yeah, if, if you, you haven't, haven't read it, read it mm-hmm. yeah if you haven't read it it's on it's free on webtoon and canvas or did they i, I don't know did they move yeah. it from it's canvas, canvas. To web? No, still canvas okay no still canvas it's fun though i like canvas because you can do anything you canvas want is there. like the wild west <laughs> 
canvases, canvases, guns blazing, anything goes. Yeah, for better that's, that's or worse, but we enjoy I've it. Seen, yeah, like canvas uh, is a little bit like, ooh, this is this is a scary. Yeah, like <laughs> canvas is the archive our own of our own to uh, yes. webtoons fanfiction.net. That's, that's kind of what the difference is. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, but yeah, yep. absolutely, I'm yeah. using that. So, uh, what's great about canvas is that you can, and when you guys, if anybody goes and they read the uniques, you can watch us as we figure out how to work webtoon canvas and how to especially talk to our audience, yeah. which is one of our very favorite things to do. So at yeah. a certain point, we're going to be like, oh, people aren't getting this, or they're confused by that, or they need help with this, or they're curious about that. How can we, how do we make this more verbalize clear? this to the audience? How, do we how help, can we connect with them? How do we help make sure that the audience is picking up what we're putting down? Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the things I loved about reading it because like you you would you would read just like a regular chapter and then at the end you would have someone who's like did you notice this from issue number four like yeah. i love stuff like that and you're like oh yeah that makes sense that was this like the the shadowing of the fight that uh telepath has with countrymen countrymen yeah. i was gonna say guardsmen and we're like that's name's not guardsmen Close. with with countrymen like and like they're having the exact same, like they're play fighting when she's a little kid yeah. uh, and he's wearing those dope shorts. Um, <laughs> it yeah. was like 83, man. 85. 85, that's how people dressed. And they were dope. <laughs> they I'm like, dope. They I was were. like, I wish I could get a pair of those, um, but yeah. my legs are too white. Um, but yeah, like why, like looking at that, like you're reading that and then you're like, oh, it's the exact same combo. Yep. And she's yes. like, even at five years, I was like, you keep your like left side open. And yep. yeah. and he says only for you. And so he he's leaving his left side mm -hmm. open only for her because at the time, again, we're doing spoilers here. He's mind control. The whole yep. story, he is yep. setting her up to be the person who can bring him down. And, uh, that's, you know, the double-edged sword of that kind of deep interweaving of plot that I was talking about earlier is on the one hand, it can be so rewarding when you get to that ending and you see all the pieces coming together. The downside is if the audience doesn't recognize all the pieces, they can miss huge chunks of the story. And when things release on a slower pace yeah. on something like Webtoon versus, you know, full issues, mm -hmm. you're talking about episodes, it's easy to forget what happened, you know, two months ago. Well, that, the example you gave with the telepath and countryman fight, um, those scenes both happened in the same issue. But because one issue gets cut up into a number of episodes for Webtoon, uh, they wound up coming out something like nine weeks apart or more yeah. than that. To be fair, in that other issue itself, it was something like a 63 It's a huge issue. Issue because we're, we're, we're crazy. We are lunatic. <laughs> we love our stories, but we hate ourselves clearly. Deeply. Um, but yeah, we, we couldn't expect people to remember this like coincidental mm -hmm. similarity from months ago it's too much to ask so we had started much earlier right. realizing like we need to help right. the audience well and other fun stuff is to take other side characters that you might not know as much about and do you know better know a unique or to be like here's the political like 
situation. Yeah, we did a whole a very thing on the presidents because many presidents have been assassinated in the world of uniques. Because it's the world, world of uniques is similar to our world, but it's definitely but different. But there's definitely differences, yeah. yeah. Yes. Like Nixon's around for a lot longer than... Was, wasn't it uh, Nixon uh, well, or was no, it, was, it was somebody? Um, so, it's, the big changes start in the 80s uh, when Bush Sr., is assassinated in that's right and yeah then but his... he had chosen a different running mate because uh in our universe the cold war didn't end with reagan it continued right uh, meaning our universe meaning the uniques. within the uniques right uh, because the soviet union was able to use unique power the superheroes that they had to bolster their economy they could stay stronger longer and withstand a lot of the degradation that happened so when George Bush Sr. takes office, there is still a roiling Cold War that is getting increasingly dangerous. And he brings in Newt Gingrich to be his vice president. So Newt right. Gingrich becomes the president. And, and he's then... because he's a much more hawkish figure and that a terrible bolsters... dystopian terrible. future we would have had with President terrible Gingrich. Person. Yep, exactly. Terrible but... person, but he's very hawkish and it bolstered George Bush's right. credentials with that wing of the so party. So anyways, the point is, is that, you know, we find little ways that the world's, our world versus the world of uniques can be similar yet different. And we get to use people from our world to tell that tale and to become yeah. little touchstones for the audience to understand why this is significant. One of the things that was most fascinating to us in telling a superhero story and something that we don't see happen very often at all in mainstream comics is to really look at the impact on society that would happen if you had people with powers being born into this world you at can't. anything like a regular rate. You can't have 10% of the population you have powers. Have, you couldn't have 1% of the global right. population have the ability to shoot lightning out of their fingertips and not see a very different world in yeah. a hurry. So we wanted to look into, okay, what changes? How do, when do we start? We picked 1939, because that's Action Comics number one was 1939. So our Superman shows up in the same, at the same time as you know, DC's Superman, waka waka, and said, okay, that's our starting point. How does everything go? When does it really start to change? What are the differences? What, what do powers do to society? Right. But if you're going to do that, we've got to help the audience come along on that journey. Right. Because there's a lot that we know that we have to make sure that you know. That's not necessarily on the page, but that can help you to get a broader appreciation right. of what's going on. And that's just another thing, like I said, that we do to talk to the audience and to say, did you know? Yeah, we're very big on community, creating community within the work and within the audience and ourselves and, and just building this sense of uh, all of us being in this together. And Webtoon has been fantastic for that. Yeah, they, uh, they're definitely very nice when uh, we've, we've reached out to them to get cool people on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so like with the uniques, like we start off with uh, Hope who wakes up after... It's, it's a, it's a two-year coma, correct? Yep. It was correct. 94, and mm -hmm. the story takes place in 96. Uh, you know, wakes up after a two-year coma where the UN basically got in all <laughs> the of, UN, like, the, and New all York. All of New York. All, all of New York. York, 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 York the boroughs, uh, yeah. everything, gone. gone. 
by a, a I almost said psychotic explosion. It's like, it's not, <laughs> that's not the word. Um, it is well, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. It's a it's a series it of nuclear explosions. Act. One was created by a unique that could blow up just once. <laughs> yeah, he and, he had the power, and and this is just something for our own amusement. We're like, yeah, he had the power to to go nuclear, but he could only do it one time. So he's this huge joke of a supervillain with a name Kiloton that nobody took seriously because you're like, nobody I'll do it, I swear. And you're like, really? One of these days. And yeah, yeah, he gets, he gets and so radicalized he and brought in. And in an epic way. And then there's a lot of other, if you look at that scene, there's a lot of other bombs yeah. that are so going on. So it was a so coordinated a, attack yes. that takes out, uh, you know, we wanted this book to be about change and growth and becoming. And so before the end of the first issue, we take all of the most important heroes in the world and get and rid of leaders. all of them. And say yeah. bye bye. This is a time. That's of where President change. Gingrich meets his end. Yeah. Yay. So that's that's the world <laughs> the world that Hope wakes up in after two years is a radically different one from when she fell asleep or went into the coma. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely the uh, the hypnosis element that you have throughout the entire series, like especially if you were to go back and reread it and you're like, oh yeah, all these guys are like mind controlled, then yeah. you're like, oh, everything makes so much sense yeah. now. Um, how big was the mind control element that we, when you guys started doing season one? Like oh. how, how, like, is it as wide as you thought it? Like, is it as wide as you wanted it to go? Have we not like scratched the surface of how We've wide the mind begun. control is there's gone? Gonna be, only just uh, well, there's so much even behind that one guy. When you're, when you're big bandit and we always refer to him as the man in shadows in all the scripts. Um, when you're big bad is uh, the only other scion Meaning uh, a person with person telepathic, with powers, telepathic powers, powers and psionic powers. <clears throat> when, when there are only two scions left in your universe, and one of them is the main hero, and one of them is the main villain, mind control's just gonna be a major component of the story. Uh, the real question that people are gonna have going forward is figuring out how many of the evil actors in the plot are doing so of their own accord, and how many of them have been manipulated into that position. Uh, it's even a question that you could ask of a lot of the task force. Um, we have that government super team that attempts a coup at the end of season one. Not all of them were mind controlled. Some of them were. Some of them would never have gone along with the plot. Some of them were just convinced the good old fashioned way. Uh, so that's, that's something that's going to continue to play through the rest of the series is, are these people acting on their own uh, or are they being forced? Are they being coerced? But I think that's just an interesting thing that you can have in your story. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like mind control on its you know, face. You can extrapolate that out into our world and ask yourself larger questions. And I think that's the fun of writing this series is there's always somewhat of a duality of asking the readership to just consider their own world by reading the world of the uniques and sort of seeing it through this different lens. Yeah. Uh, who's been your favorite uh, character to write for so far? I love writing for Quake as a character. Yeah. Yes. That's funny. He's, uh, I know where he goes as a character 
And uh, every time I'm writing him, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's another step along the way. Which is funny because I really like writing telepath a lot. Mm -hmm. And they wind up being foils so often. Yes. That it's, it's like we're I mean, having an argument on the page. That's right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, you, it's hard to choose just one because yeah. they're all your children. Yeah, that's true. I love writing uh, Kid Quick and Scout together. They are just exceptionally adorable. Uh, agreed. So much yes. fun. Yes. Um, Singe is a lot of fun to tap into. Just like so naughty. Your inner dirt bag every time mm -hmm. we're writing him. I, I do like, like when you guys do those uh, those like special issues, like ask the audience ones. Yeah. And like yeah. everybody's doing all these answers, and then like I love like Singe at the bottom doing like me. <laughs> you know, like I love those. Those are those are amazing. Who's the most powerful character in the team? And everybody's like talking about who they think. Singe is just like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Singe is, yeah. Singe is fun. Singe is like the from the beginning. Our plan with Singe was he's the guy who. If he wasn't your friend, you'd hate him, right? You don't know. Whenever he shows up, it's like, are we going to get fun singe or are we going to get a-hole singe? Is this guy, is he going to be good today or is he going to be a pain today? Uh, he's a he's a little prick, well, but he's our little prick. Always, so. we all have those friends. And I yeah. think Unique's is a lot about friendship mm -hmm. and finding the human connections that we can all relate to, to be like, oh, I've met that person. Oh, yeah. I'm like that person. And oh. making those connections with the audience too. Yes. We've said a lot of times that I, we want every time you sit down to read Uniques to feel like you're getting to hang out with your friends again. Correct. You know, that's why we put things in the book like having the karaoke night or, or the board game night or you know the barbecue, all the stuff that they do that you don't usually get out of superhero comics, just them hanging out and being friends is just as it's it's more important to us in a lot of ways than the superhero stuff um i do have a one question um so uh when are we going to get like the beach episode like in most of the anime <laughs> and everything what is when does the beach slash pool episode man we've been thinking about in? it we've been thinking about it They're i feel in Pennsylvania. like season four seems like a beach episode season four could be definitely there. be because mm -hmm. we have thought about it yes don't think we have thought about it. i know that a beach episode for sure probably happens in season five or six yeah we might we might do we, maybe there's room in three there are some of them going to la in three that's true so maybe that's true. i don't know but see it wouldn't be the whole team i know i know Grr. This well, is I mean, even even in anime, not everybody goes right. to the beach. There are, you know, not everybody ones. goes to the beach. But if you can slide it in there, even just as a they're coming away from the beach, you're like, oh, I just missed the beach episode. Yeah. I'm so sad, but I'm pleased that I saw everyone in bathing suits. <laughs> That's basically the only reason that you have, like, the fan yes. service episode yeah. is is Correct. what we all need and crave. Which is interesting because, you know, with our characters, we're always very, like, cognizant of how they're watched, how they're looked at by the audience. Um, you know, we, we've been very intentional about body typing with our characters, uh, very intentional about um, their, their fashion sense, how they present themselves, how they want to be seen by the world, and therefore how they present to the world, and how we as creators want the audience to perceive them. So... There are characters like Telepath herself who could be in different hands, an extremely fan servicey character. But like, if we did a beach right. episode, she'd be the one like fully covered up under the but umbrella, making like sure Quake. everybody's like remembering their sunscreen. Right. But somebody like Quake is nothing but fan service. He sure. would be. He would be. <laughs> you know, 
yeah. European beach oh. speedo. Yeah. Like he would banana hammock, like walking up and like, yeah. guys. Yeah. And you'd all be like, hmm. Because we draw the hell out of that. <laughs> we, we always say that we joke that Quake's other power is his inability to wear a complete shirt. Like if he puts a shirt on, it just sort of dissolves away from his abs. Yeah, which you kind of uh, remedy in the, the concept, like the art and everything that we've kind of seen in season two. Yes. Unless, it's, unless it's all just been a ruse and it's just body paint. <laughs> like I no. wouldn't be surprised. He's just like, done, shirt. It's, it's something yeah. we had to deal with. Um, the, the final fight, the climax of season one, was really difficult on the characters physically. It was, it was an extremely challenging. It is very much a we should not have been able to win this fight kind of a How fight. How did I survive this? Uh, and I mean, yes, yeah, Scout survival gets shot is the in right the head. Word. <laughs> uh, it's just it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Still. Still. <laughs> Technically, he can be like, I got <laughs> shot in the head. Exactly. He'll have a scar that's awesome forever. But the, I think the operative word is survival. Um, they, they do get rescued at the end. If it had just been them on their own, they might not have been able to make it long enough. Um, and several of them, including Quake, are terribly injured, terribly. So coming into season two, there's definitely a thought. First off, because they are now licensed and registered heroes, they have to wear uniforms. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you have to, it's, it's like your badge. If you're going to be a member of law enforcement, you wear your uniform. But secondly, you know, even Quake and Singe, who had been the poster boys for plainclothes superheroes, they don't want to get beat up so bad anymore. <laughs> the, the idea I mean, yeah, of having some armored after protection. after what happened with Singe, yeah. like, yeah. he's got to have some, like, PTSD mm -hmm. because, Definitely like, that's going to be, like, I'm, I'm sure you guys have written that because, or we're going to see that later because, like, that's something that when we like at the end of season uh season one i was like this is going to be interesting for this character like yeah. this is going to either make him stronger or make like or completely break him yeah. so i the singe is one of the ones that i'm looking forward to in season two when we're writing we try not to forget that these comforts over here smile and be like oh he died in season two uh, <laughs> we try we not have, to forget uh, he, he's got such a long and he's, storied tale to tell they're just kids right sure. singe is 15 in season one and he talks a big game and it's easy to forget you know it's easy to feel like he's older because he's got this like world weary exterior or is it easy to forget i guess <laughs> i know because he does come off really childish at the same time but um you know some kids are very open emotionally with each other i remember being a teenager hanging out with my friends like pontificating into the wee hours of the morning about everything in the universe and nothing was sacred and we could be open and honest about everything and like the deeper the emotional burden you were relieving into the group the more we loved it but not everybody's like that and not everybody can do that every time and not everybody can feel that free you know so and there's a lot of people who go the other direction and, and for as much as singe is this huge loudmouth, he's not very emotionally honest he's just not that's not who he is and so uh the burdens that he does carry psychologically coming out of season one mm -hmm. are, are not going to be ones that he is quick to right but i think it's important about. too to say that because eunice is a long story you know nothing's wrapped up in a bow or an mm -hmm. easy answer or sometimes you even get to right away because it takes a long time for this kind of stuff yeah. to come out they're going to be dealing yeah. with the ramifications of season one in some ways for the rest of their lives 
I mean, yeah. Like, then, we, then, we, like then we look at Michael, who yeah. experienced mm-hmm. everything with the goth girls, yeah. and how it almost it, it kind of felt like it took a little bit of a backseat until it does come up again, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, it it wouldn't be something that it would be like boom, 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 boom. Like yeah. you just try to you know move on, and then trauma can be it will come out again for yes. the person who experienced the trauma it's it's always in the back of their mind but in their outward behaviors you might not see it and and michael being such a soft-spoken introverted kind of a guy right. you're not going to know what's going on in his mind well, until and, until you do and singe being so tough and rough and yeah. tumble he's, he's not going to say a long time until he has to yeah so there's, we are very cognizant of the things that we're putting them through and mm-hmm. the strain that they're going to experience because of it. And um, being that a superhero is a super violent it's a hard and job. a very difficult job to do. And we're going to come back to that question a lot of times over the course of the series is, um, you know, is it responsible <clears throat> or acceptable to allow young people to do this job? Yeah, it's okay? like, is it? Is it responsible to have a 14-year-old boy pilot a Gundam? No, yes, it's no. never, it's never responsible. Even if society allows it. Exactly, because yeah. then you get Hero Yui in a behind a Gundam, and uh, that kid's uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, first off, right? the dude only wears a tank top and shorts. Like, first off, like, that's not even style. And it's clearly cold. It's clearly cold when they're out there on the cliff's edge. He's not warm, but he's still in those. And and it's not like like board shorts. Yes. Like, he's in space. It's like, you're in space. And like, oh, we'll be on the space station. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, it's going to be cold. Right. (sighs) They don't care. They don't care. That's why Duo was the best. (gasps) Everybody. Jesus. Duo. You're talking to somebody who owned the complete, going back to, yeah, the complete Gundam Wing on VHS was like my first full collection of anything. Uh, it cost a I, lot of money. It cost a lot I, of money. I would imagine. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had Neon Genesis Evangelion on oh, VHS. Yeah. Those nice, wow. pure white, like VHS Gorgeous. tapes yes. that had all of Gorgeous. two episodes on. All of yes. two. Yes. But great. actually, and, and, and a good drop too, because uh, as somebody myself who is, full-on team Shinji and always has been um, that approach to the struggle of a young person being thrust Mm -hmm. into a situation that young people have no business being in and not having the kind of emotional support network to help him deal with or grapple with the things that he's experiencing. um, That is, it's a fascinating challenge for a writer to, to handle. Um, but from the character's point of view, it's brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. And some of these characters are going to handle it very well, and, and some of them less so. But even the ones who, who take it and can run with it and roll with it and seem like they can roll with now, it, they're I, still going to have you know things that they've got to deal with. I want to just quick specify, because sometimes we can get into the depths of how like difficult and sad <laughs> and stuff things can be. 
But when we write the uniques, we're really trying to write sort of a, uh, you know, an animated realism. Because sometimes when you say realism, everybody's like, oh, it's all dour. Yeah. And it's Everybody like has watching Zack Snyder movies all the time. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not really what we want to do. Because, it's a very immature way of doing right. mature material. So when we say something like, you know, animated realism, whether it's with our art style, which has got the movement of animation, but the structure of realism, with our writing style, it's not just, you know, the earnestness and honestness of, you know, what we generally see in our real world, but it's also the joy and the celebration of life and of happiness and of learning something new, of having friends and all that other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The world and how we see it or how we write it, you know, it's far more 3D than we tend to... Uh, see things yeah. or want to perceive things we want to put everything into a box and for us we'd rather write the breadth than just one aspect it's one of the reasons we need 10 seasons for uniques yeah because we want to show the breadth of life and you have to have season four because uh just like evangelion you need to have the episode where uh quake and telepath have to basically like live with each other like side by side and do cool dance dance revolution yes awesome. oh man man now i want to put them in those outfits oh, oh my gosh do uh, <laughs> um, i want to have them brush their teeth at the same time but be angry about it all the time just everything <laughs> and i mean for real they're the only two that make it at the end of the end of time so yeah there you go for, sorry michael Michael's definitely Ray. I mean, let's be real. Michael's Ray. Sorry. I'm trying to put this together. Would that make Michael Quake's mom as a clone? Yes. Okay. All right. Just well, now it all makes sense. There. Now it all makes sense. Actually, they both have hair. So. <laughs> Josh know. has revealed something about our book that we never realized. We're just writing it's, Evangelion. Exactly. We're just writing With Evangelion. superpowers. Right. And, you know, now, like I said, every new idea, if it's a good idea, you just incorporate it in. So there See, it is. What, and what you don't know is, um, is Katie's just like this the entire time. She's, just like, <laughs> she's the one pulling the strings. Peepling her fingers. <laughs> Except she totally would. I love it. She would. She totally Actually, would. if anybody, it, it may be Nikki. It's well, Nikki. Yeah. Motherboard would definitely Motherboard is a, be there. She's yeah. a bit of a planner. Yeah. Um, planner. That would be hilarious. Wait, when did Evangelion come out? Was, was that 99? 90, 99? They haven't no, even gotten to it. Like yet. I want to say 96, mid I, I, I don't know. We'd have to look up the exact year because we watched it after the fact because we would have had to watch like, uh, you know, the VHSs and stuff afterwards. So. 90, uh, 96, so I mean, 96. it came over right, here right. probably, I would say it probably came over here three years later, three or four, because yep. Bebop came over here in 98, Yeah. Yes. so hmm. yeah, I would assume, I don't remember, those were, I was 10, I don't remember that far back, it's been 20 odd years, so. It's been a minute. It's been uh, a long time. <laughs> um, so we do have, uh, so all of our, our, our wonderful, we have, uh, Telepath, Kid Quick, Scout, Quake, Singe, Motherboard, uh, and that's it so far. Um, they are the new guard. 
which right. you've we can say that because yeah. it was the last two issues that came out. <laughs> uh, we waited till the very end of season one to finally give the team a name. Like it would be like, what should we call ourselves? Uh, uh, I, I was like, Teen Titan. No, uh, <laughs> Scout was fighting for Titans, but he was fighting for Titans. Was I was, taken. I was with him. I was like, <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I thought that was great. Um, and you guys have been awesome. You let me uh, read the first three issues of season two. We yeah. did. And I really appreciate that. It was, it's been mm. really great. I will say the the thing that I love the most was uh, the, like, first off, getting to see, see like, uh, issue 13 and everything, like, it's very, it's very raw. Um, yes, it's an in-progress it's in issue progress. that you It's got. in progress except for once like one scene <laughs> that's like yeah. that's, that's full color done. fully drawn done like you can see fairness, what we were excited to draw in well that's part very in, much in the art process <laughs> it was in the art process we work scene by scene but uh one of the things that we'll try to do is if we're really on a roll with certain characters then we'll try to keep doing all their scenes together so we had just finished doing all the Scout and Kid quick scenes for the previous issue. So when we were starting 13, it made sense to well, start with the Scout and Kid quick scene. It was also to sort of the candy. Like, you know, there's a lot of hard scenes that you've got to, like, not just write, but also draw. And yeah. when you're getting down to the drawing, you're like, all right, this is going to be really cool and fun. I can't wait to do this. And then this is going to be hard. really so hard. We refer to it as, as having the candy and having the vegetables. And, and sometimes you, need you might candy. start with some candy because you just had your vegetables laying out most of the issue. <laughs> yeah. So just enjoy the candy right here. Just and so you saw you that candy scene at the very end of it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, you guys have like a full cornucopia of everything in issue 13. Like that whole <laughs> entire thing is just like, that's, you know, a pilgrim feast. Um, yeah. uh, it's, season two is a heck of a drug. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like it so far there's a lot going on um i do want to read one one wonderful uh excerpt that uh from issue 12 mm. which mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite things that i've read so far <laughs> um between two characters between two characters all right um we have Should, uh -huh. should we read this in character? Should we? Should we? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I kind of want to. Okay, here, we'll do it. We'll do it. It's like, right. Are you sure you're ready for this, Katie? God, Matt, it's not like it's my first time. But it's our first time together. And this thing's pretty big. Think you can handle it? Are you kidding? I can't wait to see what it's like to go down on something this huge. Now, come on, the anticipation's killing me. Let your imaginations figure out what that scene is about. Have I feel kids. like it's got an incredibly delightful reveal. That well, we've said made we me laugh so much. The full breadth of the human experience. Oh, can, can I just sort of like uh for some can i spoil the scene because of the can <laughs> i can no. i do that no, no i don't think All you right. should 
You're not allowed. We want them. We want They'll those. Uh, what's what, what's it's so the, salacious? <laughs> what's the what's the scout and kid quick ship name? They've got to have one. What's it? Oh gosh, there's a few that people have suggested. Like I know telepath and quakes is shaky path. Oh my gosh. I I know. I know. You can thank the people on Webtoon for that. Do you remember Scout the Kids Ship? I know there's a good one and I'm trying to remember. Oh my gosh. I should have done my homework to remember what it was. <laughs> Keep a list of ship names. We'll have to add that in on the end. Yeah. It will be in the liner notes to be like, oh, and by mm. the way, their ship name was actually this. Thanks to people on Webtoon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I uh, let, let's let those shippers, the kid quick and uh, scout, mm, shippers, scout shippers, let's mm -hmm. let them fret on it because this is issue 12. So it, they'll have issue. like 16 weeks to figure yeah. out. That's right. We've, and, we've thought about ending a chapter on that panel and then they have to wait till next week to see what's going on. Do it, do it. I approve, <laughs> I approve, <laughs> approve. Just really, just really mess with people. That would be amazing. Yeah, and then, you know, things happen later. Things, things happen. Things do have That's a way again, of progressing. The breadth of, like, you know, uh, we're not a, a, you know, not for safe, uh, not safe for work comic. That's not us, but human sexuality is important. We, we walk the line. Um, we walk the line. We, well, okay, and, hold, and hold, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, oh. Sorry, I, I, I want to interrupt you just because. Yeah, do it. Who does the editing for season one, or who did the editing? Was it oh, a you few guys? People. Did you have an editor that did we that? We have we have yes. some friends of ours people, who are um, our editors, particularly like uh, Dave Chris Naudis, Dave Jablonski, and Ian Levenstein. Yep, with uh, some help from some other people periodically. Yeah. Back, we always we always want to get a broad range of feedback on the stuff that we're writing mm -hmm. uh, because we know that we can get pretty inside our own heads. That's the downside of, on the one hand, it's nice that we've always got each other to bounce ideas off of, but we have been together so long that we kind of share one brain and things that make perfect sense to us might not make any sense to anybody else. So we don't want to assume that we're doing it right the first time. All right. So the, the thing that I thought was hilarious, because I, especially in the first season, um, whenever there's like an F word, there's a nice little black bar over it. Oh, Yes. Yeah. So there was on a webtoon. scene on webtoon. <laughs> on webtoon, yes, there the, was a the scene. Print versions are this uncensored. this scene right here in issue twelve, <laughs> yes. where something <laughs> someone is called something, and I was like, that wasn't the one that should have been Blackmarked. <laughs> like it's some sort of uh, yes. A receptacle is was the term that was used. Yeah, and I'm oh, just did like, you not block that out on webtoon. I don't remember. Things occasionally slip Whoops. through. It was one of the like that was one of the things like when I was when I was first reading it I was like, hmm, something's a little fishy here. Ah. Um, it was I but yeah like I sent that to my friends. It was like now you have to read this because look at this right here. Like in fairness to our editorial team, they don't go over the webtoon releases. They they go over the right. scripts. They go over all the print versions. Webtoon is entirely on our shoulders. So <laughs> and sometimes if stuff we slips things. through and and we miss a bar or But then it's weird because like it stops like halfway through the season. <laughs> like and then they're just like, eh, get, you know. It's it's something yeah. that we've gone back and forth on. Um, how much to self-censor. Um, yeah. because the language, I think that language is very important. The way that we speak, the words that we choose to use, good words and bad words. Um 
I'm very pro curse word because I think that it is a part of language that is right. has intentionally grown and developed to allow us to express and, a kind of emotion mm -hmm. that you can't express with polite terminology. Curse word with particular characters because when you curse or when you choose not to curse, it says a lot about yes, who you how are. How you curse is a very personal and thing. And the uh, you know situation and stuff that you might be in. Right. So it says it it speaks to character as much as anything. So. In Webtoon, we try and make sure to bleep out all the curse words because it's probably technically not that supposed to have them, but Webtoon's algorithms only check basically they scan for, for butts. butts. And that's about and it. And that's it. If you have something that even looks like a butt, that's yeah. all. So far, nobody's dinged us on language. So no. <laughs> whatever, I, whatever I, the bar is, we're scooching under it. So far. I'd like to think that Webtoon has like a macro or something. It's like if the if the F word comes up, we have to it automatically places it. But like the other words that get in left in there. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that uh, frack and frickin' frickety does not get. <laughs> No, that no. does not get. That should no. be okay. Um, no, that's gonna be okay. I feel. Like I mean, it's very Battlestar Galactica with some yes. fracking. So <laughs> yep. I thought yep. that was good. One um, of our favorite shows. We can't help ourselves. It's fantastic. Um, that the one season from the original, not the after. Like word, Galactica. Word. What was it? It was like Galactica eighty-two something. Yeah, something like that. That was not a real thing. No, they certainly didn't ride those hover motorcycles around the streets of the city. Didn't Ugh. happen. Boo. Didn't happen. Boo. And everyone was a Cylon in the sci-fi version. Just because. All right. Um, so what are you guys most excited about for season two? Shards. Yes. Yeah. Shards. Uh, and Shards, you know, Shards whose name will change. Shards yep. is a uh, new addition to the New Guard. Uh, and uh, his storyline is probably the main storyline of... It certainly is in our hearts. Yes. Um, we set Shards up in season one as part of the Team Force 3, which is the sort of corporate sponsored uh, pop group super team. Uh, because if it, it runs the gamut. was some sort of well, oh my gosh exactly. can you please make like a k-pop you know superhero team because that, <laughs> yes. that, that's one thing exists. that uh like you, you you've mentioned multiple times but we haven't really seen it too often like i want to mm -hmm. see more you know uh uniques in like uh superheroes from these other countries yes yeah. That like, is actually something. Is there going to be a see. tournament episode? Because you guys are basically <laughs> an anime. Is there a tournament? Um, there's, there's definitely going to be more. As we intentionally started the series out with a narrow focus, yep. uh, season one is just about laying the initial groundwork and getting a sense of who's the main people, what's the main setup. And as we go, we're going to get broader and broader and broader. So by season five, we'll be actually going around the world. That's one of the. We've things. even referred yeah. to season five. Uh, the between the two tour. of us as the world tour arc nice oh yeah so there'll be all sorts of other things and if we got our chance to do it uh we would do another series that would be a side series called unique tales and we would literally get other people from around the world yeah. to start writing short stories mm -hmm. about other uniques in their part of the almost world. anybody almost anybody you see on the pages of uniques has a fully fleshed out story in our heads. 
Um, it's just that they're not all relevant to the plot. So we have to pick and choose who we talk about, but we know who all of them are and they've all got pretty rich worlds of their own. And if we had the opportunity, the ability, uh, and quite frankly, the money to hire artists to do more stories for us on the side, uh, there's a lot that we would love to do. And that's where you could get your whole K-pop, like oh big gosh. story yeah. arc. Yeah. That would be uh, perfect. That would be And so something cool. that would totally fit in the world. Yeah. It we would have, absolutely We have so many ideas for, for what the rest of the world is like. And we're really excited to be able to get out yeah. and see. Read those Q&As, guys. When you go uh, read the Unisound webtoon, the Q&As have so yeah. much yeah. fun stuff in them. The Q&As are fantastic. Like that's, like I said, like that, you know, just the stuff, you know, where you've got all of them kind of here. And then you, you get little glimpse of, you know, different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we got their Hogwarts houses. <laughs> yeah. was- there was a lot, there were a lot of Slytherin apologists in the comments that were not happy. You are going the- to make people sad by talking about that just already. There's a lot of people who see themselves as pained outcasts who have attached themselves to Slytherin house without understanding it's- what, is going I honestly don't know because I just wish that Slytherin House was written better. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't blame Slytherin House. <laughs> it's not their fault. It's by JK. all rights. Yeah, that's good old JK She was letting her colors be seen early. We just weren't paying attention. Well, see, it's weird. Like, what were what, like? Did, did you guys do like the whole Pottermore thing and you know find out what your houses were and all that jazz? Uh, didn't yeah. have to because I am so unabashedly and obviously Ravenclaw that there's kind of no point in any test you give me is going to come out pretty hard blue. And I would say I'm really like, I do like a lot of the things that are in the Slytherin house. I just don't like how they're portrayed. So I guess by default Gryffindor. Well, I mean, that, that was like, I'm like, I'm the exact same way. I was like, I'm going to take this because I suck. So I'm going to be a Slytherin. Like, that's just the way it was going to be. <laughs> uh, and like all my friends, like, were getting Hufflepuff because that's like, I don't know where it's, to put you, Hufflepuff. It's, that's what everybody, uh, it's everybody else. Everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm either going to be a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff. So I went and took it and it was like Gryffindor. And I was like, excuse me? In what, <laughs> in what realm of fantasy is this is in this Gryffindor? Yep. This am uh, not Gryffindor. Yeah, I feel like Gryffindor gets a bad rap too, man. People I people mean, want to write them off as being the dumb jock house. They are. They, no, times. they're not just the dumb jock house. They're the cheater house. <laughs> like they cheat so how, much. How ain't she a Slytherin? I don't know. <laughs> like it's so weird. Like I look at them and be like, I mean, I would have cheated too, but I mean, it's just one of those. You're like. All of these Gryffindors are terrible. See, so I'm going to just be in my tower reading my books, and you all can fight it out amongst yourselves. You know what? To our generation, to the millennial generation, what Potter House you are connected to is so very important. It's meaningful. There was actually a, a thing where Zoomers were slamming millennials, and that's one of the about things Harry, that they About were... caring about what Harry Potter <laughs> exactly. House you're in? It's like, kid, you don't want no part of this fight. No, it's... No. Nuh-uh. Let it be. But we have, I, I do have a friend who, uh, his name is Rigo, and he has, it's weird. Like, he only does, like, the American houses from, like, uh, the Newt Scamander stuff, Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, he knows all of those, but he hasn't taken his, like, 
English ones that well I'm in an, I live in America and we're like and like, <laughs> I mean, like, come like, on. He, he's like I want to keep it realistic but like they're wizarding houses like none of it's real like you're not a witch and or wizard. <laughs> yeah. We just want to know where you belong, man. Exactly. Haven't, you ever heard of, haven't you ever heard of studying abroad? Come on. <laughs> if if anything, culture. I would have loved to have been like Bo Battens. Like all with I those was French say, people. That would have been mm. so cool. That would have been. I mean, definitely snooty. It's oh, going to yeah. be a very snooty school. But fabulously snooty. But yes. Fabulous. Exactly. Like they also, like they don't, they didn't have like houses or anything. It was just blue just blue mm-hmm. you see that's that's when you're like oh there is more like a like a uh you know a caste system like there yeah. is a there is a nobility in you know bobatons that's like not anywhere near hogwarts mm-hmm. yep. except i guess slytherins because they seem all rich and then there's harry that's that's adam's uh rich guy oh. <laughs> i mean yeah you gotta you shift up a little bit um guys thank you both so much for uh coming on um so <laughs> you can where where can everybody uh oh, you know man. read uh the uniques yes well you can read the uniques uh if you like uh it on webtoon you can go read it for free there you just go search for the uniques or you can find uh comfort and adam on there and you can find the uniques rainbow in the dark and, and kitty game, game. Um, you can also go to our website, comfortandadam.com, uh, where you can find uh, links to all kinds of stuff, including the Web2 material. Uh, you can also find us on just about all the social media spots, Twitter, Insta. I'll just look for Comfort and Adam. Fortunately, we remain mm-hmm. the only Comfort and Adam it's on true. the scene. It's a unique. So, oh, oh, well, oh, 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 well done. Well done. So yeah, comfort and Adam oh, everywhere. Get there because that was just Fine. terrible. Just <laughs> uh, no, we'll we'll put we'll put the links to you know your social media, your website, mm-hmm. uh, the uniques, uh, everything. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, but they can also get a physical edition of Correct. the uniques because we are giving away. Probably should have told you guys this before we started. We're only giving away nine because issue two of one of them was bent beyond repair. No! <laughs> like, I tried, like, it, like the thing went poof like that. And oh. so I was like, ooh, so something happened in shipping. Yeah, so I'm we're going to give away nine instead of 10. But you can get one of nine copies of the Uniques, uh, volume one, Volume two and volume three, all signed oh by Compton and Adam. The complete season one package. The complete right. season one, including this wonderful on the back. Look at that. Look nice. at that. Look at the amazing ability to change up our styles. Yeah. We are fantastic. We like to play. Uh, and if you want to win that, all you have to do is we'll have a uh, link on our uh, Instagram account and on our Twitter. Um, all you have to do, pretty easy, you have to follow uh animation station podcast follow comfort and adam and then just reply with your favorite character from the uniques that's it and yeah we will give away nine of them they're all sitting right here underneath still still trying to get flat uh underneath multiple multiple books um a lot of you're doing a great job josh i try it's it's under a lot of like stephen fry's books which you know stephen fry wrote like greek mythology books 
No, but I'm not oh, surprised. Yeah. Like they That's a very are Stephen Fry fantastic. Wow. It's like That's a modern a like retelling of like all these Greek things that and they're gorgeous. hilarious. They um, but yeah, they're all doing that thing. Um, so yeah, in order to do that, yeah, it's we'll we'll have that on. Uh, that'll go uh, until the end of the month. I don't even know when this comes out. Um, this <laughs> this will go until the end of the month. Uh, we'll put everything again in the Instagram and the Twitter links. Um, you'll be able to do that. You can find the Animation Station podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, conveniently, and on Twitter at Animate Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Josh L. Kane on Twitter at Josh L. Kane. Um, podcast is available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, it so was great. absolutely a pleasure, Josh. Thank you for having us. No problem. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. And I'm Cumber. And I'm Adam. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.